a disastrous beginning for an immigrant family. I really don't know how my parents survived these tragic incidents and continued living in Australia. I think such a beginning had a long-lasting and detrimental effect on them, and sometimes I wonder if they ever recovered from that trauma. Welcome to Coffee with Bishop Suriel, a podcast for all things Coptic. This is a conversation about authentic Christian faith, Coptic history, patristic writings, the family, arts and music, religious education, youth matters, evangelism, and much more. Bishop Suriel likes his coffee like he likes his conversation, light, sweet, and scorching. We'll be joined by an array of guests who'll share their experiences, their backgrounds, and their insights to bring about an exciting discussion, and we hope you agree. Enjoy the podcast, and please welcome our host, Bishop Suriel. As we launch our show with our very special inaugural episode, Your Grace. Irini Pasi, peace be with you. It is a comforting term repeated many times in our liturgical services. Welcome to the first episode of Coffee with Bishop Suriel a podcast for all things Coptic. And I welcome all of you, wherever you may be right now. You may be in the car, on the train, at the office, or even still in your pajamas, feeding the kids breakfast, or relaxing at home after a long day's work. I'm so happy that you have all joined us. This is an introductory episode to set the scene for what is to come. I am so excited and pleased to launch this new ministry to establish a new audio and video podcast. I would also like to thank His Eminence Metropolitan Serapion, the Metropolitan of Los Angeles, Southern California and Hawaii for his immense support for this new mission. My thanks also to their Grace Bishop Abraham and Bishop Krollos for their encouragement. There are so many people that have supported this work with their prayers and expertise, and you can find their names and specialties in the credits and notes of this podcast. I thank them all immensely for the time and effort that they made voluntarily. Without them, this podcast would not have been possible. A question to begin with, however. Why this title for the podcast? Well, as I was contemplating beginning a podcast, I thought, I don't want this to be something dry, and I don't want it to be a series of lectures. There are certainly plenty of those out there. So, if that is what you are expecting here, then I apologize for disappointing you. I want this endeavor to be a conversation that we all engage in together. And what goes well with dynamic and inspiring conversation? Well, of course, it is good quality coffee. A nice hot cappuccino or latte, or however you enjoy your coffee. I grind my own fresh beans and I enjoy making my cappuccino with cream. So you will always find my coffee mug on the table during each episode. And yes, it does have the podcast logo on it. However, 
If you are not a coffee drinker, do not worry. You are most welcome to join our conversations with the beverage of your choice. So let's get started. And at first, I would like to wish those listening and watching who celebrate the Feast of the Apostles a joyful celebration. This is the feast day of the martyrdom of Saints Peter and Paul. In the Coptic tradition, this feast is celebrated on the 12th of July. It comes after the Fast of the Apostles, which begins on the Monday after the Feast of Pentecost. As some of you will know, that Pentecost is the Feast of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Holy Trinity. This feast is celebrated on the 50th day after the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ from the dead. On this day, the Holy Spirit descended upon the apostles as cloven tongues of fire as Christ promised them. This power and gift that the apostles received allowed them to preach and teach, and many came to know the Lord through their preaching and through the miracles that the apostles performed of healings, signs, and wonders. I think it is very fitting to begin the podcast on the occasion of the Feast of the Apostles. The main goal in the ministry of the Apostles of Christ was to preach and teach. St. Luke in the book of Acts chapter 2 verse 47 mentions that through this ministry the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. St. Paul also mentions in his epistle to the Romans in chapter 10, verse 18, Their sound has gone out to all the earth, and their words to the ends of the world. My hope is that the vision and sound of this podcast will reach many across the globe and be an inspiring tool to engage in something new and edifying. This podcast also is a new beginning. It is the birth of something fresh and exciting. Its main goal is to be a teaching tool on Christian faith with an emphasis on Coptic Orthodox Christianity. All are invited to join in and share as this is an all-embracing podcast open to all people to tune into. Part of our mission is to spread Christian apostolic teaching through the latest technological advancements available in order to reach as many people as possible across the globe. My name is Bishop Suriel, and I'm a bishop of the Coptic Orthodox Church, and I'm based in Los Angeles, California. Before I share with you a little about what this podcast is all about, I would like to inform you a little about my background, not out of vanity, but especially for the many viewers and listeners out there that may not know anything about me. So here goes. I was born on the coast of the Mediterranean Sea in the city of Port Said in Egypt in 1963. At the age of four, my parents decided to immigrate to Australia. We traveled for one month on a cruise ship called Marconi and arrived in Melbourne on May 3, 1967 and then taken to the Bonagilla Migrant Centre which is on the border between Victoria and New South Wales. 
It was a terrible experience as my father left us there for about two weeks and went up to Sydney to look for work as a watchmaker. Many of the men did the same and traveled mainly to Sydney or Melbourne in search of a job. Many assaults took place at Bonagilla, and my mum tells me that she would place the bed directly behind the door at night with my brother and I cuddled up with her as she feared anyone breaking into her room without my father there. That was a very difficult time for my parents. They did not know English, did not yet understand the culture, and had not, no local experience, and so they found it difficult to work in their professions. The cultural differences were huge, and it was a steep learning curve. It reminds me of the Australian movie, They're a Weed Mob. This movie was released in 1966, the year before we arrived, and it depicts an Italian immigrant and his struggle understanding the culture of Australia compared to the culture he was brought up in. Dealing with the English dialect of Australians on its own had its challenges, and perhaps still does today. My father was a watchmaker by trade and had his own business back in Port Said. Back then there were none of those electronic watches or Apple watches. It was all mechanical back then. With all these little intricate parts and tedious tools he had to utilize to repair these fascinating machines of time. I was always fascinated to watch him work with great skill and incredible patience as he silently repaired all these timepieces. When my dad eventually opened his first business in Dulwich Hill in Sydney, only 11 months after arriving from Egypt, he was so happy and could see a bright future ahead for his young family. He bought all these new watches to sell and placed them in the window display. He didn't remove them in a safe at night, and two weeks after opening, thieves smashed the rock into the window and stole all his new watches, and he lost all his savings as he had no insurance. After all, Australia was the land flowing with milk and honey, the new land that so many yearned for. He could not imagine that Australia would not be safe back in 1968. Worse still, another two weeks later, and thieves broke into our first rented apartment, and many of the items brought with us from Egypt were stolen. A disastrous beginning for an immigrant family attempting to start a new life for themselves. I really don't know how my parents survived these tragic incidents and continued living in Australia. I think such a beginning had a long-lasting and detrimental effect on them, and sometimes I wonder if they ever recovered from that trauma. This shows me the perseverance and resilience of the immigrants of that time and how they were willing to struggle and march forward hoping for a better future for their families, and they did succeed as a community in many ways. However, the Coptic community had its teething problems at first, particularly operating in a new setting, 
How is a 2,000-year-old ancient church to acclimate to this new, wonderful, and strange setting? My parents were devout Coptic Christians, and they were saddened upon arrival to Sydney that there were no Coptic churches in Australia, and they were concerned about the religious upbringing of my brother and I. The small community at the time decided to petition St. Pope Corollus VI of blessed memory, and the first priest immigrated in 1969, and shortly afterwards the first church was established, and there lies a long 50-year history of the Copts in Australia. As I began attending primary school, I wasn't very good in English because thankfully my parents didn't want us to forget our mother tongue Arabic. Funny story, I still have the original grade 1 English exam from 1969, where I can see my horrendous spelling mistakes. I spelled when as W-E-N-H-E-N, as you can see in the image. I guess I had the right idea. Okay, okay, almost. I remember every morning coming to school and finding a nice cold glass bottle of milk provided for every student by the Department of Education. Ah, yes, (laughs) the good old days in Sydney public schools. My favorite sport was tennis, and I played regularly as a teenager and competed in many competitions and followed the professionals. My tennis hero was without a doubt the Swedish Bjorn Borg. I especially loved watching Wimbledon. Borg had won five in a row, and I was so excited that he was about to make a double hat-trick, six Wimbledons in consecutive years, a feat no one had achieved before. Unfortunately, though, he lost to John McEnroe in a thrilling four-set match. Church on Sunday and Sunday school classes quickly became the norm on weekends. I began to feel a deep affinity with my church. And when the late Bishop Samuel of Blessed Memory came to visit from Egypt in 1973, I was 10 and was ordained a reader, and you can see me there with the cheeky smile in the middle of the photo. And I began to learn the rituals and hymns of the church. In my final two years of secondary education, I studied a two-year part-time religious education course that prepared me to teach Sunday school children while I was beginning my university education in 1981. At the University of Sydney, I completed a Bachelor of Science specializing in pure mathematics and then continued for one more year completing a Diploma of Education that qualified me to teach in secondary schools. I worked in this field for six years. But something else was drawing me another way for a long time. I was about 15 and had begun to contemplate leading a monastic life in the Egyptian desert. This thought never left me, and in 1991, at the age of 28, I decided to resign as a teacher and travel to the deserts of Egypt, to an ancient 5th century monastery, 
where I was tonsured as a monk by the name of Suryu, the name of one of the seven archangels in the Coptic tradition, and lived there for five years under the wise leadership and guidance of His Holiness Pope Shenouda III and the abbot of the monastery, His Grace Bishop Sarabamon. May both of their memories remain eternal. I am sure you will hear more about both of them in future episodes. I will dedicate later perhaps a couple of episodes about Coptic spirituality of the Egyptian desert. After my ordination as a priest in 1993, I was appointed as the parish priest of St. Mark Parish in Honolulu, Hawaii in January of 1996 for 18 months and lived with the Marianist Catholic brothers and studied theology at Chaminade University. Let me say, this was probably the honeymoon period of my ministry, if I can call it that. Before traveling to Hawaii, you can imagine the reaction of the monks at the monastery, and I bore the brunt of many a joke about how I would be spending my days surfing, all done with a sense of light-heartedness and with good taste. I had a good relationship with the monks at St. Bishoy Monastery, and throughout my five years there, never had an argument with any of my brothers, but in fact there was mutual respect. In June of 1997, a midnight call from the middle of the Egyptian desert, made from one of those early car phones that weighed a ton, abruptly woke me up after three attempts to connect, and it was my abbot on the other end telling me that His Holiness Pope Shenouda III wanted me to travel immediately to Cairo for ordination as an auxiliary bishop. My head was spinning. I could not sleep all night, as you can imagine. After the ordination, I spent the next two years overseeing youth ministry in the tri-state area on the east coast of the USA. I had the opportunity while in the New York area to study at St. Vladimir's Orthodox Theological Seminary under the guidance of several great scholars, Names like Father Thomas Hopko of Blessed Memory, Father John Baer, two former deans, and great scholars in their respective fields, and Professor John Bujamra of Blessed Memory, to name a few. However, it was short-lived as in December of 1999 I was enthroned as the Bishop of Melbourne and its affiliated regions. Being the first Coptic bishop in Australia was no walk in the park, and establishing a proper system for the diocese to operate under took quite a bit of work. This included establishing an act of parliament where the property trust was housed, and that was no easy achievement. In fact, it required the intervention of Pope Shenouda III in 2002 to request from the Premier of Victoria to bring this issue to Parliament as soon as possible. The Act was issued on August 22, 2006, the Feast of St. Mary. Much has happened in the Diocese of Melbourne, both positive and negative, but I sincerely believe that God blessed this work and much was achieved, including establishing the first accredited Coptic Theological College in the world, 
When I first came to the Diocese of Melbourne in 1999, it was only a handful of priests and churches, and this ministry mushroomed with the establishment of new churches across the diocese. The ordination of over 40 priests and deacons, a vibrant youth ministry, and the establishment of a new mission on the Fiji Islands, and much, much more, by God's grace. In fact, I had a passion to always speak up for the voiceless and oppressed, particularly the persecuted Copts of Egypt. My advocacy on their behalf on many occasions was due to my love and concern for justice to be served. Another passion of mine was caring for the brethren of the Lord in many places, but mainly in Egypt, and hence the establishment of Coptic Hope Charity. This organization played a significant role in assisting needy families on a monthly basis, as well as special funds collected when crises took place against the Copts of Egypt. My love for Coptic art and iconography led me early in my episcopacy in Melbourne to appoint a talented iconographer, Ashraf Fayyad, to maintain Coptic identity through his artwork across all the churches of the diocese. In 2017, the completion of a Poro Tower in the heart of the central business district of Melbourne took place in which the diocese owns four and a half levels at the bottom of the building, including a city campus for the Theological College and a beautiful Coptic church. This tower was officially opened and blessed by His Holiness Pope Tawadros II on Sunday, September 10, 2017. The vision for the ministry in the diocese was not only about expansion and ordinations, but it was far broader than that. It was more to do with how to utilize all this infrastructure to serve every single soul, both young and old, and developing curricula to advance the Sunday school and youth ministry, as well as adult education and much more. I was able to complete the Master of Religious Education at the Australian Catholic University in 2001 and in 2005 enrolled into a PhD program at Fordham University in New York in Religious Education and graduated in 2014. The research studied a fascinating figure at the turn of the 20th century in Egypt, Saint Archdeacon Habib Gerges and he will be the subject of one of our episodes in the future. In September of 2017, I was the recipient of the Order of St. Ignatius in Stockholm for my work in the field of theological education. The following month, I was awarded an honorary doctorate from the Australian Catholic University for my work in religious education. In 2018, I completed the Senior Executive MBA at the Melbourne Business School. This was an enriching program, and many valuable lessons and experiences that are relevant to ministry were learned. I have also published several books through SVS Press, the leading English Orthodox press in the world. One of those books became the fastest-selling book in the 50-year history of the press, and it is a spiritual book, it was a new translation of Pope Shenouda III's book titled 
The Life of Repentance and Purity. The second book was on my research on St. Habib Gerges. I would also like to say a few words in this introduction about the Coptic Orthodox Church. It is an ancient Christian church established in the first century of Christianity by St. Mark the Apostle and the writer of the second of the four Gospels. He was martyred in Alexandria in 68 AD and became the first Pope of Alexandria. The church has an unbroken chain of patriarchs from the time of St. Mark to our current Pope and Patriarch, His Holiness Pope Tawadros II, who is the 117th successor of St. Mark. God blessed Egypt from early times by saying, Blessed is Egypt my people, as mentioned in Isaiah chapter 19 verse 25. God also said there will be an altar to the Lord in the midst of the land of Egypt, also in Isaiah chapter 19 verse 19. This prophecy was fulfilled through Christianity entering Egypt in the first century AD. The word Copt basically means Egyptian. It is derived from the Greek word Aegyptos. By removing the prefix and suffix in the Greek word, we have Gypt, which has thus become the words Egypt and Copt. Later on in history, the term Copt was used to refer to the Christians of Egypt, who were referred to by S.H. leader as the modern sons of the pharaohs. The Coptic Church has suffered much persecution throughout her history and is known as the Church of the Martyrs. The fiercest of persecutions that came upon the Church was during the Roman era and particularly during the reign of Emperor Diocletian and hence the Church decided to begin the Coptic calendar with the date of the accession of Diocletian on September 11, 284 AD. The Copts also played a significant role in several of the Christological controversies of the 4th and 5th centuries in particular. The two most important figures were Saint Athanasius, the 20th Pope, and Saint Cyril of Alexandria, the 24th Pope who defended the Christian faith against the heresies of Arius and Nestorius at the Ecumenical Councils of Nicaea in 325 AD and Ephesus in 431 AD respectively. We find that in the early centuries of the history of the Copts that they spread the faith outside of Egypt to many lands such as Ethiopia, Sudan, Switzerland and other parts of Europe. In Switzerland today, some cities are named after Coptic saints who preached and were martyred there, such as the city of St. Moritz, named after St. Mauritius, who was part of the Theban Legion. A Catholic monastery is dedicated to this Coptic saint. A church in Zurich is named after the Coptic St. Verena, where her relics are also preserved. Monasticism is basically leading a life of solitude, living in the desert away from the world in a life of prayer, contemplation, fasting, and other ascetic practices. It is being alone with God, where the monk concentrates all of his life on being with God and doing his will. Monasticism is built on three basic principles, poverty, obedience, and chastity. 
Monasticism was founded by the Egyptian Saint Anthony, known as the father of monasticism. Other important names in monasticism are Saint Macarius and Saint Pacomius. It was Saint Pacomius who began to constitute monastic rules and began community life. As one author explained, that monasticism was Egypt's gift to the world. Copts follow the teachings of the whole Bible and consider the Old and New Testaments as scripture inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. They follow seven sacraments, namely baptism, chrismation, confession, Eucharist, unction of the sick, marriage, and priesthood. Fasting and public and private prayers also play a significant role in the life of each Copt, and particularly attending regular liturgies and partaking of the sacraments are very important in the spiritual life of individuals. The Coptic Church today has spread all over the world, in over 60 countries, with hundreds of thousands settling abroad in the past 60 years and establishing churches and significant ministries. These dioceses and churches abroad are served by about 40 bishops, hundreds of priests and deacons, as well as Sunday school teachers and youth leaders. Let me now say a few words about this new mission. How did the idea of this podcast begin? So what is the purpose of this audio and video podcast? And what is the vision and mission that I hope to achieve? What can you, the dear viewers and listeners, hope to benefit from tuning in every week? These are important questions that I am sure you would like an answer to. I actually contemplated beginning a podcast a few years ago, but always felt it was a daunting task and kept on putting it off, but it was somehow always there lurking in the background. Then I guess about three months ago when COVID-19 began in the USA and lockdowns began across many states and churches were closed, which had a deep effect on the ministry, I began to think. I said to myself, maybe it's time to launch a podcast. At first I thought just something small and simple, just an audio podcast. And the more experts I spoke to from different parts of the world, the more I got excited about the project, and the more I could see its potential, and that this is the present and future of communication with potentially thousands of souls across the world. Then I began to investigate producing this as a video podcast as well. I can tell you this was a steep learning curve understanding and learning the technology and editing my own episodes, and I think I will continue learning and perfecting the process. So please do not be too harsh in your assessment at first as we continue to develop and progress by God's grace. The main aim is to present an uplifting, informative, thought-provoking and inspiring Christian message. And let me make it clear at the outset. This is not a podcast only for Copts. In fact, I invite anyone and everyone around the globe who may come in contact with this podcast to tune in and hopefully learn something new. 
We aim to build a family atmosphere that is full of love, where everyone feels welcome and an important member in our weekly dialogue. This podcast is built upon mutual respect of each other, and this way we can have a stimulating dialogue that benefits the viewers and listeners. Positive criticism is always welcome, and this will assist me to produce the best possible spiritual and educational message, using the best technology available and broadcasting in 4K quality. You should also be aware for those who will watch on YouTube that you can utilize the CC feature to follow in your language if it is not English. It may not be a 100% perfect translation, but hopefully you can follow along and I hope that you do. I hope that this will be a message that viewers and listeners can happily engage in and feel at home with and feel that this is their podcast. I sincerely wish that you can own this podcast and make it truly yours. There will be guests invited in many of the episodes to discuss a wide variety of subjects. As part of the title states, a podcast for all things Coptic. In coming episodes, we will discuss, for example, subjects such as the Christian family, spirituality, book reviews with authors themselves, theology and why is it important, the environment, a topic that we don't hear much about in the Coptic arena, creative abilities that glorify God, iconography, patristics, and how to actually read the writings of the Church Fathers, and why read them, topics on youth ministry, as well as episodes for the young, as well as seniors, theological education and its critical significance in the life of the contemporary Church today, newly canonized saints, and the role they play in our, li- our daily lives. Modern martyrs, the Coptic liturgy, why read history, family therapy, mental health, Copts in modernity, movie reviews, apologetics, and engaging with the wider society and other faiths, ecumenism, and our relationship with Christian partners, religious education, and much, much more. There is so much to talk about. Each episode will be between 45 minutes and one hour in length and will be available in both audio and video format. You can tune in at coffeewithbishopsuriel.org and it will also be available on all major distribution channels such as YouTube, Apple and Google Podcasts. I will also attempt as much as possible to provide resources for each episode for further reading and listening, such as book titles, videos, interesting articles, and some research papers for those that want to delve in deeper on a particular topic. I really hope you will fully participate and send me your suggestions for topics, but also your thoughts about the podcast. I want to be able to develop this into a vibrant and beneficial ministry for the participants. You will also have the opportunity to send in your questions by email and by phone. I know that I will be the first to benefit from this work, as each episode will take reading and preparation to produce the required outcome and quality. 
I remember my theology professor at Chaminade University in Hawaii would say to me that he would spend one hour of preparation for each minute he was speaking. So if he was giving a 10-minute sermon on Sunday, he would prepare for 10 hours. The reason being, he would say, is if there were 300 faithful attending the liturgy that morning, and if he was not well prepared, then that was 3,000 minutes of people's time he had wasted. Well, I hope that this podcast will not be a waste of your time, but will be as St. Paul exhorts the people of Philippi saying these beautiful words. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. This is mentioned in his epistle to the Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. So I pray that this podcast provides you with food for thought and many important topics for you to meditate upon and ponder further. Stay tuned for episode 1 next week titled Metropolitan Serapion Celebrating 25 Years of Ministry in L.A. His Eminence Metropolitan Serapion has led the Diocese of Los Angeles, Southern California and Hawaii faithfully over the past 25 years. He has served with great wisdom and zeal. His Eminence's vision is remarkable and distinguished with innovation, while at the same time preserving the faith and tradition of the Coptic Church. This man of God places the pastoral needs of his flock as a top priority in his ministry. His great emphasis on both religious and theological education is evident, as the, for, as the former auxiliary bishop in Egypt for public ecumenical and social services, he has not neglected this ministry in Los Angeles. His eminence established the Department of Diaconia led by Bishop Abraham to continue the work in L.A. He also established the Department of Education led by Bishop Corollos to advance religious and theological education. Do not miss out on this episode to learn from his thoughtful insights on many aspects of his long and successful ministry. And do not forget to subscribe and send in your questions and suggestions. You can also follow this podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, and other social media, just typing Coffee with Bishop Suriel, or visit coffeewithbishopsuriel.org. Until next week, be inspired by the Holy Spirit. Be sure to tune in next week when we celebrate part one of a two-part series of the Silver Jubilee of Metropolitan Serapion's ministry in Los Angeles. His eminence himself will be here to share some memories, relay some wisdom, and give some insight. It's one you won't want to miss. To join the conversation, please visit our website, coffeewithbishopsurreal.org and don't forget after you listen you can really help out by rating the show 
Thank you for listening to Coffee with Bishop Suriel, a podcast for all things Coptic. To join the conversation, please visit our website, coffeewithbishopsuriel.org. And always remember, the best way to start any morning is with God and a cup of coffee.